Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of you guys listening in, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know that they are also taking care of all of the Stark, Vill- Stark Villains and Tupolonians? Tupolites? Tupolites. What are we calling them? <laughs> What are we calling Tupelo people? I am a... Let's see. I'm trying to figure it out. I always like trying to use like the biblical the letters that Paul wrote yeah. and try to make that into like stuff, you know, like yeah, the Galatians. Corinthians. The Corinthians. So like the Tupelonians. Tupelonians. Probably, probably where we're going. I'm trying to say is can we make it any funnier? It's all I really want to know. <laughs> you know? I don't know. We'll go with it. Tupelonians. Tupelites was my favorite, though. Tupelites is great. But I, I feel like I'm leaving out the O. So. Yeah. And that's what makes Tupelo so so special, uh, among many things. Uh, but anyway, Strange Brew Coffee House—that's something that makes that makes they make special things every day, special drinks, special memories for their customers. They are one of our great local businesses. Make sure you're checking them out. Highway 12, University Drive, and of course, there's Brupolo in the aforementioned Tupelo. <laughs> College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. That's the place to get the best. Biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in Central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you. They're in Jackson by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. You always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. With Mother's Day coming up, now's the time. You still got time to get that last minute. And really, nowadays, with the way shipping is sometimes, last minute, this is last minute, a week ahead of time. So, if you haven't gotten mom something already, haven't already gotten your wife, your girlfriend who's a big Bulldog fan something yet, check out College Corner. They got gifts for her. Humble Taco needs to be a place you're making sure is on your list whenever you're in Starkville. Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, but it's more than just a Mexican restaurant. It's Mississippi Roots, Mexican fare with Mississippi Roots. It is a menu like you've never seen in a Mexican restaurant before. All of the old classics, tacos and burritos and things of that nature, but spun up and done a little differently and given a Magnolia State twist. It's a great menu. It's something for everybody. Margaritas on tap. Local beers, a great wine list, a huge patio. What more do you need to hear? Head up to Humble Taco today and find out why it's Starkville's best new restaurant. It is Friday. That means we're looking ahead to this weekend series for baseball with Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and the uh, the Bulldogs and the Aggies uh, taking on each other. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. Looking at A&M, Joel, here's what I've been able to discern from them. They're not a great hitting team, but they make up for it by being an equally poor pitching team. If you're not good offensively and you're not the best on the mound, yeah. Typically you struggle. Yeah. Well, that would be what Texas A&M uh, has done this year, 24 <laughs> and 19 on the year. Five and, analysis here on Thunder. Yeah, 5 and 13 uh, in the conference. 
away from home this year. They're four of eight. Four and eight, I'm sorry. Uh, so they have not been a great road team uh, this year. Sort of an odd drop-off. You know, two, three years ago, they were the best, maybe the best team in the SEC. Even the year State won the SEC, you remember, they, A&M came here and swept Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Did it pretty easily. And that program is just sort of, you know, the ghost of, uh, was it Brandon Shoemake? Was that his name? Braves Bra- shortstop prospect. Oh, Braves. well, there you go. I didn't know that part of the, of the equation. But uh, this A&M team, like we mentioned, not a great team. Only hitting two sixty three as a team. Uh, they do have one guy in the lineup that's that's a, a danger guy, and that's Will Frizzell. He's hitting three thirty one on the season, 13 home runs, 35 RBI. Austin Bost is second on the team in home runs with eight. Nobody else has more than five. Um Hitting 263 as a team, only three guys on the team that are getting uh, regular at-bats, hitting over 300. So from a hitting perspective, they seem sort of similar to Mississippi State. I think State's a better hitting team, but they don't have a lot of great bats. You know, they're, they're, This isn't a team that up and down the line. No one scares you. Other than Frizzell. Yeah. Frizzell is a guy who, if, if people can get on for him, can uh, he, you know, he, can, he can get hits. Um, so that, you know, I mean, th- when you look at their hitting stats... If I said what's this team's record, you'd probably guess pretty close to twenty-four and nineteen. You'd be pretty, you'd be pretty close to it. From a pitching standpoint, an ERA, a team ERA of four point two two. Starters: Nathan Detmer, Jonathan Childress, and Dustin Sands. Uh, none of them have an ERA under three. That's a far cry from a couple years ago with Doc Saxis and uh, and Asa Lacy. That's what A and M was a couple seasons ago. They were just. They were they were sort of what Mississippi State was, you know. This, this year, they they just pitched you to death. You know, you knew that beating those two guys, sort of the same way it's this year with with Sarantol, I'm not Sarantol, with McLeod and Bedner, with Hoagland and Nikhazy at Ole Miss, with Rocker and and Lighter. You know, you just know that you, it's going to be tough to beat those two guys. Not the case this year for A and M. Have you had a chance to watch Texas A and M any this year? No, not. I, I've seen them for like a few innings mm-hmm. a, a few weeks ago. So I. I'm not an A&M expert here as, as we do this show today, but as simple as I can break this thing down, you're never on an SEC weekend going to have a midweek mentality. That's never going to happen. Right. But when you play these teams like this that you should beat, the Texas A&Ms of the world, and really, I mean, I know their record's better, but I mean, I think Auburn's better than A&M. Right. Wow, that may be a hot take, but it's a little hot takey. But because like Auburn, when you look at what Auburn has done this year, they've had so many games this year that I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda, they didn't, but they could have won, mm-hmm. and they just for whatever reason had a one run loss and you know blew it late or something. But I really feel like Auburn's the better team of the two. A and M is a team that Mississippi State's better than Mississippi State this weekend. What that means to me is you have to go into this weekend saying we don't beat ourselves and we're fine. And that means you can't have that crap like balls dropping in the outfield between three guys. Yeah. You can't have, you know, Cam James chunking the ball into the dugout. You can't have uh, – I feel like I pick on Cam a lot. I don't mean to because I like Cam. I think he's a great player. I think he's maybe the one of the better big league prospects on this team with his bat. And uh, I mean, yeah, he's got to shore things up a little bit defensively, but he's a really good player. But, I mean, you, you can't beat yourself defensively. You can't be walking the yard. Throw strikes, field the baseball. Mississippi State comes out of this weekend, maybe with all three. Do you remember the uh, the season-ending series a couple of years ago with uh, South Carolina, 
State just dominated the first two games. And if they had won the second game, they would have won the uh, the SEC West. And they may have won the SEC. I don't remember. But they ended up losing that game. They, they And it was sort of what you said. They didn't throw strikes. They, they, they made mistakes. And they, they lost that game. And it bumped them down from... Well, they would have been like the one seed to the, the I think they were ended up being the four seed over in Hoover, and it just it just that's what you're talking about though. This is a, this isn't a series that A and M can win, but it is very much a series Mississippi State could lose yes. if they do some of the things they've done in the past. If they pile up mistakes. That being said, yeah, because I don't think A and M is going to come over here and just out hit you and out pitch you. Right? No, not at all. It's just not going to happen. They don't, they don't gonna, have the ability to. You, do you almost they're going to need a little bit of help. <laughs> for, yeah. for them to win, and now, granted, it's baseball, so a lot of games happen where other team, the weaker team, gets that help. So it's not like we're saying it's impossible for it to happen. And I think everybody understands that. But if states just got if states heads in the game, and, and they're in a lot of mistakes. I feel pretty darn good that state going to be in good shape, maybe for all three. I agree. I agree. I think that you know state is probably going to be pretty motivated to play well. You know, you, you 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 had they know they had opportunities last weekend at Vanderbilt to take that series. They had the chance to do that and to really really seal everything up with a bow that you want to do this this regular season. Instead, they they lose that Sunday game, and I think that that, that will provide some motivation. Um, I also think not having a midweek game this week might have come at the right time. You just you know you just finished a, a, a really good stretch of, of you know baseball where you you know you won more than you lost. Uh, but you did come off this losing series, uh, an extra day of uh, not you know it's not rest because they are practicing, but you know just to not have to go out there and, and go through the motions against a you know team that clearly you're going to beat by ten to twelve runs, maybe that just you know have you focused and hungry for, for this weekend. Uh, rotation is out obviously it is uh, same as it's always been McLeod, Bednar, and Fristo. Um, Interesting, you talk about midweek mentality. Does that, to you, start, make you think that possibly we see a little, few more pitchers this weekend than you normally would? If I guess, it's, I guess it's all depending on how things go. Yeah, it's all depending on how things go. I mean, you're in the midweek. A lot of times, you can prioritize just getting guys innings. Coming in this weekend, unless you get a ten run lead at some point or something, you can't prioritize making sure so and so gets work. You just you can't do that. You have to win the games. Um. That said, bullpen related, we talked to Chris Lamonis not long before we recorded this here show you're listening to right now, and uh, he, he did kind of seem pretty optimistic that Brandon Smith would be back in the bullpen mix this weekend, which for Mississippi State's, of course, pretty big news to, to have him back and available. I still maintain, I mean, maybe last week is a, a little bit different if you had a Brandon Smith available last weekend and you didn't, um, because... You know, maybe he's a guy you could have went to early on Sunday if he hadn't pitched if he hadn't pitched yet, or maybe he's a guy that would have come in late in the game to to try and finish off Saturday's win, and then you would have had Landon Sims available early on Sunday. I, you know, I, I think he could have changed the dynamics of of last weekend possibly had he been available. So it's big to have him maybe back. I mean, no guarantees. He didn't guarantee he was going to be available, but he threw a bullpen. I think he said on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and so far so good. I think. Uh, in coming back from that bullpen as far as feeling good, and if he feels good this weekend, he's he's in the mix. He sounded really optimistic that, that he would be available. That's a piece you need. You need that guy who's, who's been such yeah. a... You know. That said, you don't want to push it, because you no, no. want to have him... Especially with Brandon Smith, the guy who's already undergone and Tommy that, John. And that was why he said last weekend they held him out. He said it wasn't a big deal, but a guy that's already been through Tommy John surgery, 
it, they just felt better to just say, hey, take the weekend off kind yeah. of thing. And that tells you how... It's more indication of Chris Lamonis taking care of his guys. We've yeah. seen it time okay. and time you, you and time it out again. Of my mouth there that, that Chris Lamonis is not a coach who is going to overwork pitchers for any reason. He will always, regardless of the situation, no matter where you're at in the season, prioritize the health of his arms. You saw it with JT Ginn in Omaha in 2019 when he took him out after uh, – was it six innings? And I think he only had like 80 or 90 pitch. I mean, he could have easily went back out there for another inning or so. But he said after that game against, I believe it was Louisville, um, that I can't remember the exact quote, but he was essentially saying that there's even bigger things in that kid's future than Omaha kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know, I, I kid you not, man. If, if Cal T or Cade or somebody's ever a big-time pitching prospect – I would be as comfortable sending them to Chris Lamonis as I would anybody yeah. anywhere. Because he has, in his brief time at Mississippi State, proven to me that he will always prioritize arms mm-hmm. and, and the health of them over winning. And that's, I, I mean, as a parent, that's yeah. what you want. It also helps when you're Mississippi State and you have a ton of arms. And you have a lot of options. But here's the good thing about what you're saying is that from a recruiting standpoint, you're always going to have pitching because pitchers are going to want to come play for a guy like you. Like, hey, I know that he's going to take care of my future, and I got a chance to play big time baseball and yeah. win a lot of games uh, on, on top of that. So, Brandon Smith being back this week will be a big piece for Mississippi State, if indeed that is the case. Because I, I honestly think if you could go back to, to the, 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 the Vanderbilt series, Brandon Smith might have been a swing guy that had you had him there. Perhaps you could have you could have taken that Sunday game because it just changes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you know. I don't know how it plays out. It just feels like having another guy that you trust. And Brandon Smith to me, I know he's had a couple of, of rough outings, but for the most part, he's a guy I trust. He's yeah. a guy when he comes out me there, too. I'm like he'll he'll get out. I mean, if you had Brandon Smith, then that means that on Sunday, like you said, you would have had either Brandon Smith available. Or you would have had Landon Sims because they would have used Smith instead of Sims on Saturday, and then you would have had Sims available for Sunday. And even if they had, they probably would have used Sims. I at think some so point, too. But it might not have been for the, the the amount they had, and so he might have been able to come in and give you an. Yeah, it just would have changed, I think, the entirety of the weekend, and, and maybe what we say he liked the matchups. Why he left Fristo in there, and you know, Fristo eventually gives up the three run homer in that fifth inning against against Vandy. You know, if you bring in Brandon Smith, and you still got a righty in there. You know, you would still had that righty matchup that you wanted. So maybe he, he would have made the move earlier and maybe Fristo's not left in there to give up the three-run. I just I don't know. I really do feel like that the dynamics of last weekend would have been totally different if Brandon Smith had been available. He's that big a piece for Mississippi State. I mean, he's we've talked about this before, so not to belabor the point, but when you start listing out the people you trust in that Mississippi State bullpen, obviously choice one's Landon Sims. Right. But choice two is probably Brandon Smith. Probably so. And then Harding, and then maybe Preston Johnson fourth. And then everybody else is just sort of lumped together. You know, there's some guys you, yeah, I'm not throwing Davis Rocos out there in, in quality, you know, in that kind of situation. But you know, there's not a huge difference between, for me between, you know, Parker Stinnett and Chase Patrick and then those guys. Um, let's look at the, the guys who haven't been hitting because now, now is, this is the point now where does it even make a difference with, with Hatcher? Does it matter what he hits? He is he just going he's to be just in the in lineup? There. I think he's just in there. Is that a, is that a, a flaw? Is not the right word, but is that a something that you could take issue with Lamonis about? Like, why do you not have another first baseman? Why do you not have one other guy, one other option here? Why but, is Tanner Allen going back to first? Not an option. 
I feel like you probably, this is me just with my own eyeball saying this, but you probably get weaker at two defensive spots if you put Tanner Allen back at first. Okay. You because I, I feel like Hatcher is probably the better defensive first baseman. I'm not saying Tanner Allen's bad over there. Right. But I think Josh Hatcher is the better of the two defensively mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. And then if you move Tanner out of right, that means you're definitely starting probably Cumbest. Probably. And who I mean, he's fine defensively, but I think he's worse I don't think he's as good as Tanner Allen. Right. So I think you're getting worse defensively in two spots. Mm-hmm. And as I've said on this show repeatedly, I feel like your your staff, your pitching staff has been your biggest strength, and you can't afford to weaken yourself defensively. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, as we've said, we, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if your biggest staff strength is your pitching staff and you hurt yourself defense. That that's just my thought process. And other people, I mean, opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody's got one, so you you can have your own opinion. But mine is that just Josh Hatcher has proven. I mean, he had a couple of big plays. In the Ole Miss series on that Sunday, you know, he made that play down the first baseline. Uh, you know, I don't know if maybe Tanner Allen makes that play. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I know Josh Hatcher did. Yeah. And, and I just think he's good enough defensively. And, and I don't think that you can just roll the dice and run Brandon Pimentel or Kellum Clark out there. Right. No, I point. agree with that. If, if I was going to make a move at first, it would definitely be to move Tanner Allen. That's, that's, what, that's definitely where I'm going with that. But if you, I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. I'm just wondering if putting better hitters in the lineup is worth it. You know, putting Cumbest in over Hatcher, is he going to be worth the? You know, not a lot of errors in right field either. Now the problem is you know, there's not a lot of errors, but there are. You know, just because if you don't catch the ball, that's not an error. And there are balls that maybe Cumbest can't get. To. Although Cumbest is a good runner, I don't know. No. I don't know. It's. I will say this. We're at the point of the season now that and I agree with you that if they were going to make a change, they would have made it. I don't. I don't think you want to make a change in May. Well, it's not like there's a flashing light saying, "Oh, here's a better option." Yeah, there's just not. Well, here's here's the better option against you know what is looking like easier competition. Can Josh Hatcher get going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, and he doesn't have to go out there and hit four hundred. You know, if he could just do a little better than he's doing, <laughs> just think of how that changes the dynamics of this Mississippi State offense. If everybody keeps doing what they're doing, and Josh Hatcher instead of hitting a buck ninety or whatever he's hitting right now, it's probably better, higher than a buck ninety, although it probably isn't much more than that. Um, if he could just, you know, can he get that up to two forty? <laughs> if he could just do a little more, it just changes the dynamics of everything. And a lot of times with Hatch and it feels like he's striking out a lot. Ninety-five. Oh, so I wasn't far off. Yeah. It feels like he's striking out a lot and oh, not is. making hard contact and. Twenty-seven strikeouts on the season. How many not, ABs? Uh, one hundred and thirty-three. So it's not terrible. It's not awful. Yeah, he's not leading the team in strikeouts. He's actually third. I'm sorry. He's actually fourth. Lane Forsythe is ahead of him. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I but bottom line is, at this point, I think you ride with it. I mean, make some people mad, Joel. Well, I mean, if you if you do what you said, you put Cumbest in right. That means Braylon Skinner's in left. I mean, Braylon Skinner's hitting like two fifteen, I think. 
You're right. Yeah. I mean, so he's not doing great offensively himself. What What you're basically telling yourself is this. How do you want to get mad? Do you want to get mad when Hatcher strikes out or hits into a grounder to second? Or do you want to get mad when Cumbus can't track down a fly ball? And, you know, I asked uh, Chris Lamonis on our, our press conference on Thursday about Really, I asked it from like a left field situation with Cumbest and Skinner, and mm-hmm. just kind of what what's how you kind of figuring that out right now. And he was talking about how those splits for those guys in left are all over the place, and it's not even like have to play the right hander against a left handed pitcher or have to play the left hand against a right handed pitcher. He was talking about how like for those guys, for some of it, there's like a velocity piece to it and stuff like that. And I think what he's saying with some of that is. I mean, I've seen Cumbest. I know he's hitting 380 or whatever it is. There's been a couple of times against a couple of different pitchers where Cumbest hadn't looked real comfortable at the plate, and he struck out or whatever. Because mm-hmm. what's what's Cumbest strikeout numbers? You got it right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I do. Cumbest on the season has struck out 12 times in 44 at bats. Okay, so like once every little over once, once every little, three at bats. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of strikeouts. But at the same time, he's also hitting 386 and slugging 614 and. You know, he's got two home runs and a triple and two two doubles, so five of his 17 hits are for extra bases. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like with Cumbus, he, he is hitting 386. And, it, and there, there's just something to be said for that. He's hit, when you put him out there to give him a chance, he's hit the ball. I don't really care if they're infield hits or, or – I don't care. He's 39% of the time he's getting a hit. I can't do a whole lot better than that. So, I I like Skinner, but I don't know that, you know, are the splits going to be that different for, for righty-lefty that it doesn't make sense just to put Cumbus out there and Well, see, field? if we're talking about left field and just left field, yeah. I'm all for giving Cumbus an extended run. Like, let him play all three games this weekend, see what you got. I'm kind of all for that. Because, I, I, I mean, you're not losing anything offensively by not having Braylon Skinner in the lineup. Right. You're losing probably a step or two defensively for sure. Um, I, I know Skinner's had some big hits for you this year a couple times. Yeah. But overall, offensively, you're not losing anything taking him People out of the People are still living off of Skinner hitting that home run at LSU. Well, you, what do they say about first impressions, Brian? Yeah, they, 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 they made last. a good one. Yeah. He did a heck of a, one. Heck he of a first impression. I said that crazy uh, – And he had the, good, he had the crazy, hit against uh, Ole Miss last weekend too in yeah. that big inning. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he had a, he had a single against Vanderbilt as well that I think drove in a run. I think you're right. But and of course, like I said, he has that crazy slide or not slide, but against Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's made he's some, highlight some highlights. plays, but like you said, Joel, he's hitting two fifteen. So, I, 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 if I'm Brad Cumbus, we keep having this discussion about Cumbus about got to stick to baseball or what do you want to do. But if he's not going to get at bats, <laughs> it's not going to start. Then he has to sort of stick with football. You know, Lamont's got asked that question today too yeah. about if there's been any discussion about him, about Cumbus yeah. settling and? on one or the other. And I mean, he did not tip his hand that that's the case yeah. at all. But he did talk about how Brad Cumbus is now a defensive player in football. Yeah, I knew that. So uh, anyway, he was just talking about splitting time and. What, what about Kite McDouble? Is he ever going <laughs> to seven hits, four doubles? <laughs> how many of that? And a, and a home run. 71% of his hits are for extra bases. How many of those came in midweek games? All though? of them. Like, oh, he hasn't hit. I don't know that he's I even mean, played. No, that, that's it. If you do that well in midweek games, at some point, don't check to get a, you gotta a, give shot, a shot on, yeah. on a weekend somewhere. But Th- this It would be interesting if State just dominated the first two games 
And then game three, I'm not saying you know play all the freshmen or anything, but maybe make a, just a couple of quick changes just to see how it pans out. Play around with a little, little, little house credit. Not a bad idea. We'll see. All right, let's move on over to our playmakers and, and predictions. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Welcome Home Beef. That, that's the official beef of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Not, not, the, not, the, not the musician. The actual three-day period we're about to, to enjoy. When you got to get something out on the grill, Welcome Home Beef, that's the way to go. Get some great steaks, some burgers, or maybe one of the uh, the different cuts that they have there that make for fine, fine eating. You want to hit them up today. And, of course, if you're lucky enough to live here in Starkville, you just head over to Val's Market. Man, those steaks are right there in the butcher shop waiting for you to pick up. And there's a lot of great locations across our state that are doing the same thing. Corinth and DeKalb and Pontotoc and Batesville. You can find Welcome Home Beef products. If, I didn't, if I'm not mentioning your city, well, call your local grocer and find out, hey, how can we get these products on the shelf? Call Welcome Home Beef today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats right there in the heart of the Cotton District, man. If you haven't been there in a long time, I wonder how many people are still, they're not fully aware that Two Brothers has expanded. they got that great new locations. You know, a lot of people used to tell me the same thing about Two Brothers. Like, I love to eat there, but they got 10 seats. Well, not that's not the case anymore. They got a few hundred seats up in there now. They got the uh, two-story building, they got the patios, they got the balcony, and they got it all going on. And, of course, they still got that great, great food that you you know and love them for. Not just barbecue, it's smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District at 621 University Drive. I was into that one. I got to take a breath. (laughs) Very passionate about our sponsors. (laughs) Advantage Business System says, hey. They've got you taken care of. They've got all the products, the services, the technology, everything a office needs, a business needs to thrive. They've got it for you. But they also provide the kind of customer service you expect from your neighbors here in Mississippi. A great local business that can take care of you in every facet of the game. That's what Advantage Business Systems is. Whether you need copiers, printers, software, uh, mailing information systems, upgraded, anything you need for your office, Advantage Business Systems has it ready for you. So call them today. Put them to work for you like they've been doing for nearly 50 years in our state. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. You, you, got, you got a smile on your face. What's going on? The Braves trade for Mike Trout? No, I'm watching By the way, people are hitting me up about him being overrated. That will, of of the hot takes in the world, I mean, you got to get the oven mitts for that one. That was that was an all get to the playoffs, chump. One time in your career, do it. The dude's hitting four twenty in the big leagues nice. right now on sixty nine at bats. Nice. <laughs> and and did you it. see MLB dot com did a poll, uh-huh. and he was run away. Like who's who's the MVP favorite? Get to run the away. playoffs. He and like chump. I, I think the last nine seasons he's finished in the top five of the MVP voting. Good for him. Has he ever finished he, he, in the top five of the AL West? We're not discussing the the, the exploits of the Anaheim Angels. We're, we're Carry talking your team about to a wild card. Can you get to eighty five wins? You got twenty five players on a baseball roster. One, One guy time, can't do it. do it. One time in his career. Have you seen the pitching staffs he's had to work with over the last few years? No, because they're never on TV. I have no. Well, idea that doesn't mean that doesn't mean they he's have Otani now, right? They, they do, and he's not as good, and he's good, but he's not as good as Mike Trout. Just in fact. Let's let's go ahead and on this program right now. Let's do a quick rumblings. Yep. Let's list the players that are better than Mike Trout. Go, Hank Aaron. Let's list the players with a beating heart. Aww. that that have 
Well, I mean, if you want to do like all time, then okay, we can have a discussion. Hank Aaron made, well, yeah, made the man just passed away. Well, I, th- that was not. You know, I love Hank Aaron. That's not a knock on Hank Aaron. That's it's mean. just a fact that he is no longer at this current state in 2021 better than Mike Trout. Don Mattingly. I mean, again, <laughs> he's not better than Mike Trout anyway. He never went to the playoffs either. Is Mike Trout this generation's Don Mattingly? I mean, if you want to start going through all that whole nine yards, then then we can have that discussion. All right. But as far as just, is he good? He is the best player in the game. I'd say he wasn't good. You said he was overrated. You can be overrated and still be a good. You can even be great. The best player in the game should go to the playoffs one time. One time. How good was that Giants team that went to the 0-2 World Series? They weren't that good, but they had Barry Bonds. Cranking out steroid-induced home runs. <laughs> he carried that team. They also had more pieces than just Barry Bonds. I guess. I mean, Russ Ortiz, for God's sake. I guarantee you, if you put Barry Bonds in Mike Trout's place, mm-hmm. and, I, and I mean like prime Barry Bonds yeah. in Mike Trout's place, yeah. they still wouldn't have had any more I don't know. Because their pitching has been awful the last I'm year. I'm just saying. And that was a hot take. I, 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 of I'll, all time. I'll live with it. What, 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 what a bunch of Anaheim Angel fans going to come after me? All ten of them? Are they the Southern Miss the Southern of, the of MLB? Uh, I mean, my God, they're like the the seventh most popular professional baseball team in California. That's after like two AAA teams. The San Jose Giants have more fans than the, the Anaheim Angels. All right, who's uh, who's going to perform this weekend for Mississippi State? Give me a guy on, at the plate and on the field. This is kind of cheating a little bit, I think. But a guy I've circled is the guy I mentioned earlier because I think State not beating itself is so key this weekend. And Cam James has had some defensive struggles this year. Yeah, He needs to be solid in the field. Okay. Uh, and at the very least, if he has a few errors, you got to do the old baseball, I guess, adage of drive in more than you let in. So uh, if he wants to have a bad defensive weekend, then he needs to have a huge weekend at the plate. So just overall, the game of Cam James, I think, will go a long way towards Mississippi State winning this weekend. He needs to have a good weekend in the field. Just for his own psyche, probably. I don't know. Cam James is a confident dude, but I feel like he could use a a pretty good defensive weekend. Just for his team's sake, State can't beat themselves this weekend and just – I think it'd probably do do him well to maybe have a, a completely clean three days. So we'll, we'll look at Cam James all around. All right, and then on the mound? Uh, I feel like State's better on Friday and Saturday, so I'll go ahead and say the, the start of Jackson Fristo on Sunday. I'll say Fristo. Okay. Uh, if he can just be – ain't got to be great, ain't got to be lights out. If he can just be solid on Sunday, I think State's got a darn good chance to sweep this series. I like it. Uh, for me, um, Cam James is actually a pretty good pick, to be honest with you, because he struggled as of late. Uh, he, had, he had a few weeks there where he was hitting the ball really well, and then he just, you know, he's just, he seems to be locked into trying to pull the ball and hit home runs. He just needs to, to relax, but that's something I'm going to go with. The guy who's been hot for Mississippi State lately is Logan Tanner. I want to see if he can continue that. Uh, he, he's been hitting the ball really, really well. And what a weapon behind the uh, the plate. Looking at uh, State's numbers here, having the stats pulled up, really brings it into uh, to focus. When you see that State has stole, stolen 51 bases this year. They're 51 of 61. Pretty good percentage. Opposing teams are 18 of 33. So, A, 
they opposing teams have only attempted to steal on Mississippi State half the times that State has attempted to steal on them, and then B, they're comp- they're they're what? That's just over fifty percent. That is not a good percentage. Logan Tanner defensively might be as good as State's ever had. If the bat continues to come around, he has a chance to be an all-time great at Mississippi State. Uh, so we'll see if he can continue to do that, put another one maybe out of the yard this weekend. So Logan Tanner's my, my hitter. On the mound, again, I like I like the choice of Fristo. But we were just talking about him. Let's see what Brandon, Brandon Smith, to me, I feel like he's a key cog for this team in terms of being able to win a national title, especially in terms of, you know, postseason play. If you ever end up in the loser's bracket, Brandon Smith's a, a, yeah. a guy I would look at as a fourth starter. Need to make sure that he's healthy. So this weekend, let's see what he can do. Uh, can he can he go out there and get, you know, get get? Can he go out there and pitch? Basically, if he can't, that's a red flag for me for Mississippi State in, in the coming weeks. They they need him to be able to go. So we'll see what happens. And though. I mean, you need somebody that you really trust on the day. Because look, Landon Sims, best case scenario is pitching two games out of the weekend. That's best case. Mm-hmm. You'd need somebody you trust pitching that third game in relief. <laughs> like, you really, really trust. And Brandon Smith was that for a while. You remember the first half of the season, it was Landon Sims and Brandon Smith, option 1A and 1B, basically, out of that bullpen. I know he had a couple of, you know, rocky outings in a row there. But State, man, if you get that second piece to that bullpen – I mean, I think back to that 2013 College World Series team. I mean, you had Gerardo and you had Ross Mitchell. Yeah. You know, you had, you had 1A and 1B. You need somebody else besides just Sims that when you put him in the game, you feel like we got a darn good chance to lock it down with him. Yeah, yeah. And you had, honestly, up until the Arkansas series, Brandon Smith was that guy. Yeah. Just as good. But he had a bad outing against Arkansas, and people sort of sour on him, but he's been really effective. Yeah. So, uh, prediction time. Who you got? I'm going to go out there and, you know, I went with the homer pick last week. You did? I'm going to go with big-time homer pick this week. Oh. I think State breaks the brooms out. Okay. I mean, they're just better than A&M. And I think they're, despite losing last weekend's series, I mean, you got to feel pretty confident about what you did. You went out there and had a chance to win the series in Nashville. You beat Jack Leiter, who hadn't been beaten ever before last weekend. Like you said, you had a week off to kind of set your mind right and, uh, you know you got to take care of your business. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the brooms get broke out. State wins all three. We are in agreement, my friend. I think State's gonna get all three as well this weekend. In this this next four weeks, they need at least one sweep. Just just they need they need it just to have it happen. I think they could get more than one. You, you remember was it was it sixteen? They swept the last three opponents or something like that to to close out and make sure they got the SEC championship. State's still in the SEC championship, but the, but they're a little far off. Yeah, but they're a couple of games back, and the two teams in front of them have the tiebreakers. Have the tiebreakers. So if they want to have any chances, they so got I guess stay. either de facto kind of like three games back. They need bit. they need to get some sweeps. I think they'll get one this weekend. So we'll see what happens. All right, guys, back on Sunday to uh, recap everything and uh, look ahead to another week of MSU sports with you guys. Thanks for joining us here on Thunder and Lightning. We always appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. We've been doing some really good numbers as of late. And uh, it's all because of you, and we, we appreciate it. So, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.